It is Free Talk Live. You're welcome to join the discussion. 603-283-6160 is the number to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And Diabetes Surges among American Youth Study Shows. I'm not at all surprised to hear that, but evidently some people are. I mean, with with the rise of McDonald's and Burger King and DoorDash and people sitting at home during the pandemic, of course, diabetes was going to surge among the American youth. Me and Ian were leaving Aldi's the other day, and we couldn't believe the freaking line for Burger King, which is right out front of Aldi's here. Like, I would never sit in that line ever for Burger King. It's not even that great, and... That, that seems to be the case among all of the fast food places from what I've seen. They just constantly, I mean, especially during certain times, they just have lines stretched all the way around. And I, I don't understand the reason for it. When I saw the diabetic diet at the hospital and the nursing homes that I've worked at, it is alarming. What it is, is like the worst. And I've even had patients tell me, I, I came here to get better. I'm sick and I came here to get better. And I eat better food at home. I'm a diabetic, and you guys are giving me cake for dessert. Really? At the, at the yeah. hospital? That's yeah, the diabetic the diet. It contains the food is so unhealthy, and I have really high standards for like food and health. Right. So to the average person, it's probably better than what they're generally eating. Like it's better than McDonald's, but yeah. If you have type two diabetes and you're trying to not be on insulin, so you're really, really particular yeah, yeah you're really careful about what you're eating you would not eat this wow that's shocking especially for a hospital yeah so the number of young people with the most prevalent form of diabetes nearly doubled in the united states from 2001 to 2017 oh wait until they measure 2019 and 2020 and 2021 the findings showed that the rate of young people ages 10 to 19 with type 2 diabetes increased by 95 percent almost doubling the estimated rate of youth under age 20 with type 1 diabetes grew by 45%. Now, I don't know the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. So type 1 diabetes, it used to be called juvenile diabetes because you get it when you're younger. So generally you're diagnosed with that like when you're a little kid, like five years old. Type 2 diabetes, you get from lifestyle and diet. So in so type, type 1, 1 diabetes is largely beyond your control yes so type 1 diabetes is like your pancreas just does not produce insulin type 2 either your body's cells can't um like they produce it but either not enough or it just can't process okay so type 2 type 2 is the one that we think of most frequently when we think of a diabetic it's it's much more common okay much more common okay yeah and that is the one that has almost doubled over the last 16 years Is that right? Yes. From people ages 10 to 19. Rising rates of diabetes, particularly type 2 diabetes, which is preventable, has the potential to create a cascade of poor health outcomes, said Dr. Wow, that's a name, Imperator, (laughs) who oversees disease surveillance and other areas at the U.S. CDC. The new findings come from the Search for Diabetes in Youth study, which was funded by the CDC, obviously. I mean, this is also largely a result of the high fructose corn syrup that's being yep. put in freaking everything. Almost anything I've bought at the grocery store in the last several months contains high fructose corn syrup instead of just sugar. When me and Ian go to the grocery store, like anything we buy, we make sure it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup or any soy products. It literally narrows down like 90% of the products at the store 
Why not? Why no soy products? Well, I don't want to eat soy because it can replace like your natural estrogen. Like it, it, it's not really like so bad for you. But then you'll have like a synthetic type of estrogen taking the place of like naturally using estrogen. So like it, it can like cause issues for females for their hormones. Is that why soy boys are all? I, soy boys. That's kind of like the theory, but if you Google stuff about soy boys stuff, like most of what pops up on Google is like that's just a myth. But I don't know. Calvin sends me our neighbor sends me some really good nutrition videos, and he kind of freaked me out about soybean oil, which is in everything. Even if you don't, if, even if it's not just like tofu, like any salad dressing you get most likely has soybean oil. So it's really like GMO soy that's the issue. Organic soy isn't as bad, but you're right with the estrogen thing, and it's really bad for your thyroid gland too. It can cause hypothyroidism, which is terrible, and you'll need to be on thyroid for thyroid hormone replacements for the rest of your life, basically. So uh, I try horrible. to avoid it as well. Increasing prevalence of type 2 diabetes could be caused by rising rates of childhood obesity in utero exposure to maternal obesity and diabetes or increased diabetes screenings. The reason I pause there is because for me, obesity and type 2 diabetes are so well connected in my mind that when I read you know, the prevalence of type 2 diabetes could be the result of rising rates of obesity. I'm like, did, I, did they just say that diabetes is a result of diabetes? Because to me, the two go hand in hand, but I don't know what the stats are on that. But when I think about a type 2 diabetic, I think of someone who is also obese. Not always, but typically, yes. The COVID-19 pandemic evidently hit people with diabetes particularly hard, including those who never got sick from the virus, but fell victim to the isolation and disruption it caused. Reuters in the special report found that deaths from diabetes last year surged 17% to more than 100,000. Younger people, those ages 25 to 44, suffered the sharpest increase with a 29% jump in deaths. By comparison, all other deaths, except those directly attributed to the coronavirus, rose 6% last year. So diabetes on the rise, not at all a surprise and it's got longer lasting impacts than just, you know, someone dealing with diabetes. Because like I said, to me, in my mind, at least, these issues, diabetes and obesity are very well connected, as is high cholesterol. Yep. And that fuels cancer growth, which makes disease impervious. I, I don't understand this headline. High cholesterol fuels cancer growth. Oh, and it makes cancer. I don't know what it's trying to say there. Anyway. High cholesterol is a problem which most people typically associate with heart disease. Despite the condition's obvious link to clogging arteries, studies show high, excuse me, high cholesterol also plays a role in making cancer even more dangerous. New researchers for, new, now, God, this is, I have a thing in my way that's keeping me from seeing what I'm trying to read. Now researchers from Duke University have discovered that having high cholesterol actually fuels cancer cells and can make them impervious to the natural stressors, which usually kill them. I've been saying this for years. I didn't know that <laughs> the human body had a way to deal with cancer cells. So, well, I'd love to tell you. So basically, it's our immune system helps us detect cancer. So if the white blood cells that are used to flag cancer cells, if those, if our immune system isn't good enough and it isn't hardy and ready to fight, they if we don't have enough of these white blood cells, they won't flag the cancer cells and our other white blood cells won't go and kill the cancer cells. So so what is high cholesterol? That's like clogged arteries, right? Yes. Okay. So that's typically why it's more closely linked to heart disease 
and to um, like well, that artery disease. Yeah, your heart has to work a lot Peripheral harder, artery disease, so. yeah. So this new study finds that breast cancer cells use cholesterol to develop a tolerance to stress. This makes disease cells capable of withstanding the pressure of migrating from the cancerous tumor to other regions of the body. Now, I don't know what they're referring to when they talk about cells and stress. I can't imagine these cells are sitting around worrying about their bills or whatever. Stress has been linked to... Stress is a really big factor for heart disease and I'm oh, sure certainly. cancer and every other um, disease. So I think the more stressed we are, the less our immune system is readily able to fight. And that's why I stress that the most when I talk to people about the importance of really making sure that your immune system is functioning very at a very, very high level because Certainly. that's the best way. Prevention is key. You know, prevention is the best medicine. Absolutely. So most cancer cells die as they try to metastasize. It's a very stressful process, explains a professor in the Departments of Pharmacology and Cancer Biology and Medicine. The few that don't die have this ability to overcome the cell's stress-induced death mechanism, we found that cholesterol was integral in fueling this ability. So all in all, people aren't exercising. They're not eating well. They're, they're just eating garbage. You mentioned Burger King just having a full line. And that's pretty much all the time that they're open. And if they're not doing that, they're certainly not eating at one of the local restaurants here in King that actually use local food that isn't you know crammed with all of this nonsense. What are your thoughts about the rise of childhood obesity more than doubling in the last 17 years? 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. You can talk about whatever is on your mind, whatever is important to you. Share whatever opinions you happen to have, 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I want to move on from this discussion about health because it's not anything I really care about. It just seemed like a a quick thing to throw out there to start the show because I mean it's it's important people's people should be healthy and they're not. I want to talk about more interesting stuff coming out about the FBI and some of their software. Evidently, they have a piece of software known as Atlas that mines various federal databases for derogatory information. It runs on Amazon servers and it can trigger the revocation of citizenship. So used by the Department of Homeland Security to scan the records of millions of immigrants, this software can automatically flag naturalized Americans to potentially have their citizenship revoked based on secret criteria, according to documents. What does it mean by derogatory information? Does it say? It doesn't specify. But, I mean, essentially, whatever if they find something they don't like, they can take your citizenship. The software is known as Atlas. It takes information from immigrants' case files and runs it through various federal databases. Atlas looks for indicators that someone is dangerous or dishonest and is ostensibly designed to detect fraud among people who come into contact with the U.S. immigration system. So it being dishonest, evidently, is one of those things. That sounds like China and how they were putting people into concentration camps for being suspicious. It does indeed. 
But advocates for immigrants believe that the real purpose of the computer program is to create a pretext to strip people of citizenship. Whatever the motivation, Atlas's intended outcome is ultimately deportation, judging from the documents which originates within DHS and were obtained by the Open Society Justice Initiative and Muslim Advocates through Freedom of Information Act lawsuits. Atlas helps DHS investigate immigrants' personal relationships and backgrounds. So they're, they're looking at your friends, who you're, who you're in relationships with, who you hang out with, as well as examining biometric information like fingerprints and, in certain circumstances, considering an immigrant's race, ethnicity, and national origin. It sounds to me like it's a thing to try to figure out if your relationship is real, if you marry an illegal citizen and... Uh... You're trying to say, like, oh, I'm trying to give him citizenship because he's my husband. They try to find out if it's a real relationship. Because, like, there's no way for them to tell that. They, they'll take you in a room with a bunch of feds and interview you. And uh, they can just uh, cancel your appeal for citizenship. Or I forget what it's called. Your uh, petition for citizenship. Just right after the um, interview and give you no reason for why. So maybe they're trying sure. to make it like a... Now they have an algorithm to figure this thing out, which sounds totally dangerous and stupid. Well, I mean, what is a marriage in the first place? If someone just wants to get married to gain citizenship to the United States, that's still a real marriage. Yeah, but you can yeah. get fined $250,000 and get up to 10 years in prison if why? they find out it's fake. But but it's not fake. It's real. It's a real marriage. That's the contract they established. That's the benefits that they worked out. That's, that's what marriage is. It's a contract. Hey, this is what I'm getting from the relationship. This is what you're getting from the relationship. And that, that's, they, that's actually a good point. They try to say that it has to be like for the reasons of like love and to reproduce. But that's not why a lot of people get married. Yep. I, I got married to my ex-wife so that she could get my health insurance. Hmm. That was a real marriage. Insane. So this is drawing information from from a variety of unknown sources, plus two that have been criticized as being poorly managed. The FBI's terrorist screening database, also known as the terrorist watch list, and the National Crime Information Center. Powered by servers at tech giant Amazon, the system in 2019 alone conducted 16.5 million screenings and flagged more than 120,000 cases of potential fraud or threats to national security and public safety. Well, but ultimately, humans at DHS are involved in determining how to handle immigrants flagged by Atlas. But the software threatens to amplify the harm caused by bureaucratic mistakes within the immigration system, mistakes that already drive many denaturalization and deportation cases. Atlas should be considered suspect until it is shown not to generate unfair, arbitrary, and discriminatory results. Well, it's designed to discriminate, right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. They're not running this software on people who immigrate here from the United Kingdom or Germany. You know, it's people who immigrate here from Mexico or Afghanistan or Iraq or whichever country the U.S. is bombing these days. From what we are able to scrutinize in terms of the end results, like the disparate impact of denaturalization based on national, national origin... There is ample to ample reason to consider Atlas a threat to naturalized citizens. I mean, that's that's what it's designed to do is discriminate based on national origin. I, I don't understand why. Like, we need to prove that this isn't. Some critics believe it's no accident that Atlas could go after individual immigrants for flimsy reasons. The whole point is to screen and investigate so that the government can deny applications or refer for criminal or civil or immigration enforcement. The purpose of the secret rules and predictive analytics and algorithms are to find things to investigate. 
So because they don't have enough immigration officials or whatever, they seem to be turning to software to do it for them. The Department of Homeland Security refuses to disclose to the public how Atlas works or what rules it uses to determine when an immigrant should be flagged to potentially have their citizenship revoked. That's not suspicious at all. No, I mean, of course, they don't want people to know their their criteria because it's probably pretty screwed up. Yeah, probably. I mean, just from what you read here, it sounds pretty screwed up. The yeah. fact that they're doing it on like a race basis, depending on what country you come from and things like that. I mean, that's it's just o- discrimination. It's only gotten worse under Biden, too. Like everybody I know says that like way more people are getting uh, deported right now but ever no, since biden he was he was gonna save all the immigrants there biden joe biden and camilla harris were supposed to be nice well they certainly didn't close any of the fema detention facilities are they are they fema yeah they are fema that they're hoarding the the children yeah the secrecy makes it nearly impossible to tell whether atlas is targeting immigrants baselessly or not well yes the, baselessly targeting immigrants by definition they're, they came here because they wanted to be here. Leave them alone. So yep. they have citizenship. Is that what this is about? They have citizenship and they're trying to take that citizenship away from them? It does have a mechanism for you doing that. They, the DHS won't reveal what rules it uses to determine which immigrants should have their citizenship revoked. But yes, that is part of it. The rev- and I would remind everyone, if they can revoke an immigrant citizenship, they can revoke yours. I wish they'd... No, I'm just kidding. You what? I was going to say, I wish they'd revoke <laughs> mine. Though, so just but then, I mean, think about that. So if I was born in the United States and I'm a United States citizen, and if I get my citizenship taken away, where do I go? Well, probably prison. If you do something... <laughs> to, I mean, really. If you do yeah. something enough to make them angry enough to take away your citizenship, they're, they're probably just going to throw you in prison. But... I think they've done that with a few people being held in Guantanamo Bay, if I remember correctly. They, they were American citizens, and you can't you know, indefinitely detain an American citizen, so they revoked their citizenship. Oh, my wow. gosh. I, wow. I think, That's I crazy. Think I remember that. I'm not 100% sure, so maybe someone out there remembers. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. More coming up about the FBI and a glitch, which is allowing people to authorize to access unauthorized private data because the government can't do anything correctly. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us. 603-283-6160 if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It's the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you don't know anything about it, you've got to get over there. Click Get Started at the top of the page and just take a few minutes of your time to watch some videos. And you will learn the basics of this important world-changing information 
That's Bitcoin.com. But if you're already a knowledgeable user, check out news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all the news headlines that's relevant to you. That's news.bitcoin.com, all on a sleek, easy-to-use, modern website, Bitcoin.com, everything you need for cryptocurrency. And I'm excited. I'm trying out a new thing with the video streams from here where instead of just playing the commercials and watching us sit around on our phones or chit-chatting or whatever, it automatically switches to some pre-recorded videos like uh, the 101 Reasons trailer to move to New Hampshire and other cool stuff like that. And I spent most of the day working on this stupid script to make it happen, and it wasn't working, but now it is. So hopefully so it continues working. Now the commercials aren't being played on, on what? Uh, on our video feeds. Huh. Because that's always the biggest complaint we've gotten about our video feeds is, oh, this would be great if there weren't commercials. So I got to thinking, okay, how can we move away from the commercials then? Because the the videos don't don't get watched, so it doesn't really count as advertising to send them out there. So anyway, that's working, and I'm excited about it. The FBI is incompetent. I, I think that goes without saying. They're, they're, the only thing they're not incompetent at seems to be the distribution of child porn, because they are years running the largest child porn distributor on the planet. Hey, don't forget about assault and battery. They do seem pretty good at that as well. The FBI has a glitch called Palantir, which is allowing unauthorized access to private data, a computer glitch in a secretive software program. Why do they have so many secretive software programs? Used by the FBI allowed some unauthorized employees to access private data for more than a year, prosecutors revealed in a new court filing. The screw-up in the Palantir program Software used, software created by a sprawling data analytics company co-founded by some billionaire, was detailed in a letter by prosecutors in the Manhattan federal court case against accused hacker Virgil Griffith. Data recovered from Griffith's Facebook and Twitter accounts, which was obtained through a federal search warrant in March 2020, was accessed on Palantir for more than a year by at least four FBI employees. So, hold on. That, that statement doesn't make any sense to me. Data recovered from his Facebook and Twitter accounts that was obtained through a federal search warrant was accessed by this application by for more than a year? So, like, I don't understand random, what's going on here. Random FBI agents who weren't supposed to be allowed to see his Facebook private info that this uh, machine or what software collected were being able to, to view it? I, I'm not entirely clear on what they're saying. There's a lot of names here, and it's not a particularly well-written article. So, I mean, the comma placement's bad, and it's confused It's confused the entire sentence and completely lost whatever they were trying to say. This is why grammar is actually important. The FBI case agent who was assigned to Griffith's case was alerted to the unauthorized access earlier this month when another FBI agent emailed him and said an analyst accessed the search warrant material According to the letter, an FBI analyst, hold on, quote, an FBI analyst in the course of conducting a separate investigation had identified communications between the defendant and the subject of the investigation by means of searches on the platform that access. This is so freaking confusing. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's <laughs> it's confusing and I have no idea what's going on because they, they don't know yeah, how to write a story. Me. Jesus Christ, that's that's embarrassing, and I, I hope they are embarrassed. Anyway, 
Bonnie, the, the Nirvana baby, is now an adult. Yes, I'm trying to pull that up right now. I And they're unhappy the... because they feel like they've been used in child pornography? And that's because of the album cover for... Nevermind. The 1991 album cover. Yeah, where the baby's underwater chasing the dollar on a on a fishing pole or whatever it is. Yes. He, yeah, there's like a fishing pole in front of him. Or there's a hook in front of him, I think, with like a worm on it. Um, or I'm trying to find... Oh, I found it. And my internet's working now. It says, never mind, baby, sues Nirvana claiming child pornography. And it says in the subtitle, oh, it's it's not a worm, my bad. It's a dollar that's on the, the fishing hook, like you said. Um, a lot of people are being sued. That's the subtitle. You know Spencer Eldon as the baby swimming on the cover of Nirvana's classic 1991 Nevermind album. Eldon has now filed a lawsuit over the cover alleging that the child, I mean the image, is child pornography. Defendants intentionally... How does he come to that conclusion, that it has a naked baby on it? Well, it, it it's him, and yeah, it's a naked baby. Uh, but there's no, like... Sexual content, yeah. See, that's what... I, I mean, was... the baby is naked, but you, you, if I recall correctly, I've never been a big Nirvana fan, so I haven't looked, spent a lot of time looking at their album covers, but you, you can't, like, see any details that would make it qualify as pornography. No, you can see the baby's genitals. Oh. You can see his, uh, his genitals in, in like, in the water. <laughs> like, it, there are some versions where they sell it that they don't have it, so maybe you've, like, seen that, but, um, they also have, like, the full, it's, like, frontal nudity of a baby, basically. Okay. Um, defendants intentionally, commercially, uh, commercially marketed Spencer's child pornography and leveraged the <laughs> shocking nature of his image to promote themselves and their music at his expense, said the lawsuit, according to Variety. Did the parents of this kid not agree to it? Um, They get into that. I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I skimmed it, and he said that his parents never signed anything. So I'm like, what? why would he be... How did this happen if his parents didn't agree to it? Like, Well, his parents clearly agreed to allow the picture to be taken because yes. you can't get an underwater photograph like that by accident. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. In fact, I always wonder how the picture got taken. Like, Did they just throw the baby in the water and then actually take a picture underwater? Babies are like... actually really great swimmers. But... Fun fact. <laughs> Well, anyways, <laughs> defendants used... Um, I like the idea. Okay, we want to... I mean, it says 90s grunge bands. We want to make an album cover. Throw the baby in the Let's water. Let's take a baby and throw it in a swimming pool <laughs> and see what happens. Sounds like Christianity baptizing a baby. <laughs> it says, defendants used child pornography, picking Spencer as an essential element of a record promotion scheme, commonly utilized in the music industry to get attention, wherein album covers pose children in a sexually provocative manner to gain notoriety, drive sales, and garner media attention and critical reviews. Which is weird because I can't even think of another thing that I could possibly think of as an example. There's like Lil Wayne with the baby him with tattoos on his face but yeah but it's not sexual naked, yeah and the thing it's not a sexual photo right it's just a naked baby i mean toddlers yeah. run around naked all the time and nobody's ever like whoa that's sexual better cover that baby up i get that it's a photo and it's on nirvana's most popular album so it's it's everywhere but that was uh my boyfriend's argument today he was like it's not a sexual picture just because it's nude but i think there's a uniqueness to this case because like this is an extremely famous picture that this person was too young to consent to be part of i don't know if i think that means it's child pornography 
but they they should have been some completely no questions about it there was consent like signed from the the parents or maybe like when he got a certain age they could use the picture like they could have used old picture that they got consent I don't know you know what I mean I guess that's not really possible but whatever I don't know how the picture could have been taken without the parents consent well let's get into it it says um I, do you want me to here, I'll just skip down to that part. It says, Eldon, now 30, claims he was only paid $200 for the shoot at the time, and that his uh, parents... Oh, yeah, this is just about money. Yeah. Yeah. And that his parents never signed any contracts regarding the photo or the shoot. Eldon also claims that he has tried to get in touch with Nirvana's rhythm section, Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic, over the years. So, I mean, there was an actual photo shoot for this. Yes. I, I think that means definitively the parents must have consented to it. Yeah, that's true. I don't see any way that they could possibly not have. More about this nonsense of someone 30 years later deciding, hey, I didn't make any money off of this, and that's me on that album cover. And there's actually more things that make it seem questionable in the article. I have no doubt. It sounds very suspicious. 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, that's 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, the only libertarian talk radio show that allows you to express your opinions on national radio, no matter what they are, no matter what you believe. 603-283-6160, if you want to do that, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And last year, we told you about Intercoin, which can help any business and organization launch their own currency. Or raise money using their own token. Not one that belongs to someone else. One that actually belongs to you. Now, Intercoin.org has launched worldwide. Is there a token you want to launch or an app you want to build? Go to Intercoin.org. That's I-N-T-E-R coin.org. Enter your email and the team will get in touch and learn about your needs. And while you're there, hey, if you want, get some Intercoins for yourself doing really cool things over there at intercoin.org. That's I-N-T-E-R coin.org. Now, we're talking about the Nirvana baby here who is all grown up but is still being a baby, It would turn as it turns out, because he's upset, from what we can gather, that he didn't make enough money off of being the baby on the Nevermind cover, and now he wants to come back and get some of that money. Yes, it kind of is starting to seem like that. Um this is a part that I kind of skipped over earlier. It says, if further st- it further states, so the indictment or whatever, uh, when Weddle, that's the guy who took the pictures, took a series of sexually graphic nude photographs of Spencer to ensure the album would tri- trigger a visceral... But they're not sexually explicit. Yeah, there's well, nothing graphic There's only the them. one on the, the cover. I don't know if there's more on the inside of the cover, but apparently there was multiple pictures taken. Uh, but who knows if they were all published. It says... There's no way... That, look, if the Nirvana Nevermind cover constituted child pornography, Nirvana would have gotten in trouble about it decades ago. That's true. And so would, like, my mom for posting pictures of my baby brother and sister, like, in the bath and right? on Facebook and yeah. stuff. Um, but, I mean... But all of those things are clearly not sexually explicit. That's I actually... Mean, kids uh, run around naked all the time. It's really common. Parents just take pictures of their kids and, hey, oh, look, suddenly they have child pornography? That's nonsense. Yeah. Greek statues are sometimes worse. It says, um, 
To ensure the album cover would trigger a visceral sexual response from the viewer, Weddle activated Spencer's gag reflex before throwing him underwater in poses highlighting and emphasizing Spencer's exposed genitals. Fisher purchased. Hold on, what? I know. Okay. Can you I run that by it. me again? His gag reflex. To ensure the album would cover, or cover would trigger a visceral sexual response from the viewer, Weddle activated Spencer's gag reflex before throwing him underwater in poses highlighting and emphasizing Spencer's exposed genitals. Now it's been a really long time since I looked at the Nirvana cover, but isn't the kid kind of like distant? Yeah, it's not super close up, and also. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying any of that, that he tried to make his genitals like more visible because the baby's literally just like swimming in the water or like floating in the water with its legs partially open, which is just what would naturally happen. Yeah. For someone who is swimming, right? Yeah. It's nothing like it doesn't seem like anything abnormal or like anything extra would have to be done to him to make that pose happen well i think that they're talking about more than just the picture that ended up getting chosen because it says at least one or more film cartridges were exposed in a short period of time and which which included at least 40 or 50 different image shots of spencer cobain chose the picture Well, that's how photo shoots work They, they don't just take one picture and call it done they take many but i just think that's what the other the gag reflex thing was referencing it was probably a different picture because it, I looked at the picture just now. It's not really distant. It's kind of like the it, like really close to the boy. Like you can see details. The okay. boy's mouth is open, maybe, but it doesn't look like oh he's gagging. In fact, he looks like he's smiling. Almost. It seems extremely dangerous to not just throw a yeah. baby out into the swimming pool, but to first make them choke. Yeah, that is really weird. I don't know what the heck that's talking about, and also don't see this how... guy should be suing his parents for allowing yeah. Nirvana to make him gag on something and then throw him in a swimming pool. That was going to be the point I was going to make to begin with. Like even if they could one hundred percent prove that this was child pornography and everything i would think that the people who needed to get sued would be the people who allowed this to happen which is his parents but yeah, he should have taken this up with his parents like 20 years ago it said cobain shows the image depicting spencer like a sex worker grabbing for Jesus a dollar <laughs> yeah i know that's that's what's like that's such a stretch like a sex worker grabbing for a dollar bill that is positioned dangling from a fish hook in front of his nude body with his penis explicitly displayed so the dollar, once again, the dollar makes something look very criminal. Well, I tend to think that this is probably, you know, them conveying the idea that f- from very early ages, we're taught to mindlessly pursue money. Yep. But I don't, I, that's insane. So now he's unhappy and he wants, he wants to make some money. It says Eldon is seeking $150,000 each from Dave Grohl and Chris I think his name is Christy. Oh, no, it's just Chris. Novel Sec. So he's not even really looking for like a lot of money. 150000 for Dave Grohl. Dave, Dave, just pay him. Make him go away. Yeah, well, each. So from him, Chris Novo Selick, Courtney Love, who serves as the executor of Court, or Kurt Cobain's estate, and both of the estate managers, Guy Orsiri and Heather Perry. Photographer Kirk Weddle, who took the initial photo. Art director of Nevermind, Robert Fisher and a number of existing or defunct record companies that released or distributed the album in the last three decades. So he's suing a bunch of different people. I mean, just sue the bandmates, dude. That would have been the easy thing to do here. And they probably would have just given you the money to make you shut up and go away. It says when Eldon was 25, so only five years ago, so like 2016, he revealed he got a Nevermind tattoo on his chest. 
So he's clearly very traumatized by this whole event. <laughs> Sounds to me clearly. like he's proud, you know, of being the Nevermind yeah, he's, baby. He's a Nirvana super fan, and he loves that he's the Nevermind baby. He tells all of his friends, and then one of his friends one day was like, hey, you only got 200 bucks for that? Yeah. You should probably sue every single person that was involved in this album. Yeah, that sounds like it. And then he got a lawyer that was like, it was child pornography. That's what it was. It says he participated in numerous t- uh, shoots throughout the years commemorating the album's anniversary. So he was celebrating this thing just, what, like five, six years ago? It says throughout the years, like multiple times. So what, they did one of those things where you like recreate it when you're a little bit older? Yeah, probably. It says numerous shoots throughout the years commemorating the album's anniversary. So it says in a 2016 story, he revealed it's not hard. It's hard not to get upset when you hear about how much money was involved. When I got to a baseball game. (laughs) So he. okay. so, yeah, we were right. It's just about the money to him. Yep. He says when I go to a baseball game and think about it. Man, everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. I feel like I got part of my human rights revoked. Oh my gosh, she is just totally playing this up. Yeah, I mean, just his quote there alone. Can we go back to it and read the entire thing again? Because it's it's he's transparent about this. He's saying... It's hard not to get upset when you hear how much money was involved. When I go to a baseball game and think about it, man, everybody at this baseball game has probably seen my little baby penis. I feel like I got part of my human rights revoked. It's funny to think of it as him saying that and meaning his penis right now. <laughs> my little baby penis. <laughs> it, it's, it's depressing, in my opinion, that he's like, oh, wow, there was so, they made so much money off of this album. I feel violated. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly what he said. I, I'm i on this album. I need to find a way, a, some sort of justification of suing the band. So think of it like this. Imagine somebody was like in sexual slavery. Like they got stolen off the streets and they were raped and the, the pimps or whatever were making all this money and they were seeing no money for getting raped. And then later they say like, when I think about how much money was involved, it really hurts my feelings like that I didn't get more money for it. Yeah, as if that's what they would be worried about. Yeah. You know, like, if you're really, like, feel sexually violated, you wouldn't be like, oh, man, I, I wish I got paid more money to be sexually violated, you know? Yep. <laughs> it certainly is a weird argument for someone to make. But, I mean, as he was celebrating the album cover when he was 25 years old, he's clearly not upset about it. The dude just wants some more money. And, you know, I don't necessarily blame him or find him to be at fault at that, other than the dishonesty he's trying to you know, play all these cards that clearly don't apply. Like, I feel like my human rights were violated. Okay, dude, your parents made a bad decision. They should have worked out some sort of agreement where you got some amount of royalties for this album cover. I'm fine with that. They didn't. They dropped the ball. So maybe you should contact the band members and try to work this out amongst you instead of trying to weaponize the legal system and the criminal justice system against them by calling it pornography, saying you feel like your human rights were violated. Have you tried contacting the band? He said he did. He said he tried to contact Dave Grohl, and he never uh, got back to him, I guess. Oh, I, I missed that detail but then. Dave Grohl is also, like, probably pretty busy, yeah. so... Probably he still getting... has a band. <laughs> he, he's got several, if I remember correctly, Yeah, Foo Fighters, he? and yeah. I don't know what other bands he's in, but... I just need Foo Fighters. I've never been a huge fan of him, but he certainly has enough money to just give this kid $150,000 or whatever. As, as lo- but, you know, if the album continues selling, the kid will probably just come back in a few more years trying to do the same thing again. Absolutely insane. When we get back, the origins of COVID-19, the Biden administration has, re- has received 
inconclusive intelligence. 603-283-6160. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. So, the Biden administration... They have an inconclusive intelligence report on COVID origins. I'm kind of happy that someone in the government is still looking into this. Well, I would prefer someone not in the government to look into it, but the government's what we got. So at least they are looking into the actual origins of COVID-19, but it's almost like the government created it. So I don't think they're ever going to find a conclusive uh, origin for it because I mean obviously Dr. Fauci was funding the the Wuhan Research Institute where they are doing experiments on bat coronaviruses and COVID nineteen allegedly originated with a bat and to me all of those things kind of seem a little bit suspicious and it also originated in Wuhan from what we know yeah I thought that that was like just old news since we already know it originated in Wuhan in the lab. Well, we don't know that. We believe that, and I think that's almost certainly what actually happened, but the oh. government hasn't admitted that. And okay, I didn't know that. I thought they admitted it. And until they do, it's inconclusive. So President Biden on Tuesday received a classified report from the intelligence community that was inconclusive about the origins of the novel coronavirus, including whether the pathogen jumped from an animal to a human as part of a natural process or escaped from a lab in central China. Now, I remember once upon a time... Even mentioning the lab hypothesis resulted in people calling you crazy and saying that it couldn't possibly be true, but thankfully now we can actually have a discussion about that possibility. The intelligence community will seek within days to declassify elements of the report for potential public release, officials said. Oh, I look forward to reading this nonsense. The assessment is the result of a 90-day sprint after Biden tasked his intelligence agencies in May to produce a report that could bring us closer to a definitive conclusion on the origins of a virus that has killed more than 4 million people globally. Well, allegedly. We, we don't know how many of those were actually flu deaths because, as we since learned, the test that they were using couldn't distinguish between COVID-19 and the flu. And also people were having heart attacks and they were calling it a COVID death. So they these were numbers are just completely made up. Death by treatment. I mean, and for a time, if you had COVID-19 and you got hit by a truck, they would probably put that down as a COVID-19 death because yep. hospitals were getting more money for it. Yeah, I know somebody, a free, ch- a free stater in Manchester that told me his dad was dying of the same thing for like 10 years and he finally died during COVID last year and they marked it as a COVID death and he's pissed and he wants to uh, be able to change it, but they, they can't or something. They won't let them. 
Well, I wish him the best of luck with that. But the whole point of this was to bring us closer to a definitive conclusion, and it's inconclusive. Despite analyzing a raft of existing intelligence and searching for new clues, intelligence officials fell short of a consensus, said the officials, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because the report is not yet public. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like they just needed to pretend to investigate this. Like, it's pretty obvious that it came out of the lab in Wuhan, China, and that there were American scientists working in that lab. Certainly. So they just have to pretend to investigate it and then yeah, they, have nothing come out of it like I everything mean, else. It seems pretty simple as far as I can tell. I can't imagine how much they really needed to look into this to say, hey, look, we have this Wuhan coronavirus lab. We have a coronavirus that originated in Wuhan, allegedly uh, transmitted to a human from a bat. They specialize in bat coronaviruses in Wuhan. It seems pretty definitive. And if if this was like, um, uh, okay, say this was just a hospital where they had corona patients, they'd be like, everyone who goes in and out of there needs to be take extreme caution because it's so contagious, right? Like when, when they act like it was so spreadable that this lab was like a risk, but not, it's not possible because conspiracy theory or whatever. Uh, presumably. So the debate over the virus's origins has become increasingly rancorous since former President Donald Trump said last year that the virus originated in a Chinese lab, which does, again, seem to be the likeliest scenario. Efforts to understand the virus's provenance have been complicated by Chinese authorities' steadfast refusal to allow a more intensive inquiry by international investigators. Well, shocking, the Chinese government doesn't allow outside international investigators to investigate anything in China. Biden's directive came after he received a May report from the agencies saying that they had coalesced around two likely scenarios but had not reached a conclusion. Now, without reading further, I'm going to guess what these two likely scenarios are. The first, that it evolved naturally and came to a human from, a, some, from an animal, presumably a bat. And the second is the lab leak theory or the intentional leak theory. That's just going to be my guess on what they what they said are the two likely scenarios. So he disclosed the two agencies lean toward the hypothesis that the virus emerged from human contact with an infected animal, while a third leaned toward the lab accident scenario. So yeah, <laughs> they, they eliminated down to the only, the literally only two possibilities it could have been. Don't worry, the government's got this under control. Even though there were only two possibilities in the first place, they've narrowed it down to two possibilities. <laughs> the leader of the intelligence community, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, cautioned in June that the agencies might not solve the mystery. We're hoping to find a smoking gun, but she said, it's challenging to do that. It might happen, but it might not. Oh my gosh. The review involved dozens of analysts and intelligence officials across multiple agencies. Oh, how much money did they spend on this garbage? I mean, let's keep this in mind here. How could a virus have originated? Well, it evolved naturally and then spread to a human, or even it could have evolved naturally in a human. Either way, you won't be able to make the difference. Or it was created in a lab. Those, those are realistically the only two ways that viruses come into existence. There are no other ways as far as I'm aware. I just, I can barely take this conversation seriously because all I think of is the South Park episode where he has sex with a bat <laughs> and starts coronavirus. 
I have not seen that episode yet. I, it's been on my agenda, right? Because I, it sounds humorous. Okay, yeah. then I won't tell you any. It's really good. Like, it, it, I expected it to be annoying and maybe preachy, but no, it's so funny. Well, South Park, they do tend to get kind of preachy, but they, they also manage to be funny while they're doing it. And that's, yeah. that's really what I like about the show. And, you know, they're, they're libertarian leanings. They, they do tend to take sort of a middle path where neither side is right more often than they actually express libertarian ideas. But it does come out, and it's nice when it happens. The, so anyway, the review involved dozens of analysts and intelligence officials across multiple agencies, cal- costing countless U.S. tax dollars for them to eliminate it down to the only two possibilities it could possibly have been. <laughs> she says she deployed, quote, red cells or groups to test analysts' assumptions and ensure the intelligence is scrutinized from every angle. Another official said the intelligence community is not necessarily best equipped to solve the problem, which is fundamentally an issue of science. Although spy services are positioned to collect on a range of foreign actors and domestic actors, we should point out, the official said they are not necessarily poised to dive into global health data sets. Biden himself, in his first visit to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence in July, voiced the need for a more robust group to track pathogens. You're going to have to increase your ranks with people with significant scientific capacity relative to pathogens, he said at the time. And that doesn't sound like Joe Biden speaking at all. I've heard <laughs> Joe Biden speak before, and that doesn't sound like Joe Biden. Or or or, or the bat, or... Or or yeah. my hairy or, legs, or stacking the soup, or whatever, or the man oh, in the yeah. moon. Stacking, they were stacking soup. When <laughs> he didn't say cans of soup. Many scientists familiar with the origin debate have been skeptical that the ninety-day review would settle it, and some have said the inquiry could require years of research. We should not even be thinking about closing the book or backing off, but rather ratcheting up the effort said a Stanford University microbiologist who has pushed for a broad investigation of all hypotheses. But again, as far as I'm aware, there's only two possible hypotheses. And it's going to take them years to figure it out. That sounds like the government. I mean, they don't do anything quickly. What are your thoughts? Who's, which one of these two scenarios seems most likely to you? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up about this waste of your money. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Coming up on the show tonight, OnlyFans has reversed their decision and they have decided they are indeed going to allow pornography on their site. And I think that's a positive development. We're going to get into it later, though. But right now we're talking about the notion that the virus may have escaped from a lab, got sharply increased interest this spring after 18 scientists wrote a letter to the journal Science in May, saying that all possible origins needed to be investigated, including a laboratory accident. Now, it got more popular and got a lot more interest once the media stopped just outright dismissing it as even remotely possible, which is what they did initially. Proponents of that theory point to classified information first disclosed in the waning days of the Trump administration that three unidentified workers from the Wuhan Institute of Virology one of the world's preeminent research institutions studying coronaviruses, 
went to the hospital in 2019, in November 2019, with flu-like symptoms. In China, people visit the hospital for routine and mild illnesses. Throughout 2020, that hypothesis became enmeshed in election year politics. Everything got, has gotten enmeshed in politics. Trump's assertion that the virus emanated from a lab came as he and other administration officials were blaming, blaming China for the global outbreak and trying to deflect attention from their botched handling of the virus at home. I don't, I don't know what, what Trump could have done to make the coronavirus pandemic any better. And you know what this is? You know what I think is what happened? He obviously got some inside information that it was leaked from the lab in Wuhan, China, and then he spilled the beans on it, and then the media had to just make him seem crazy, like they did with everything else that he brought up, with the hydroxychloroquine and all the stuff in regards to COVID, when he spilled the beans on it, and that's not what the state or whatever wanted to do. I think whenever they say, like, Trump didn't handle the pandemic very well, it's that they wanted us to be locked down from, like, November 2019. And then nothing bad would have happened because uh, they believe that lockdowns work just because it's their superstition, even though there's no proof that lockdowns do anything. Yeah, because it's working so great in Australia and all the other places uh, where people are on house arrest and there's still COVID cases. So many scientists noted that viruses have a long history of jumping from animals to humans. There are many plausible scenarios in which that might have occurred, including the possibility the virus spread from wild and domestically raised animals sold in crowded markets. Many early cases were clustered around a seafood market where traces of the virus were later detected on surfaces. That zoonosis theory was bolstered by a June 7th report. Published in the journal Nature documented 38 species of animals sold in 17 markets in Wuhan before the pandemic. The author said many of the animals suffered from poor hygiene and were known to carry zoonotic diseases. Now, presumably a zoonotic disease is one that can be transmitted from animal to human. I don't know, but that's what I'm assuming. We now know for sure that coronavirus-susceptible animals were in fact sold at the markets in Wuhan, which changes the calculus tremendously. I'm not sure that it does, but sure, guys, you do you. I mean, didn't we just sort of assume that to be the case, that they were selling animals in Wuhan that could have transmitted a virus to a human? Yeah, um, I just looked it up, and that's what zoonotic means. It means transmissible from animal to human. Awesome. So experts in viral genome evolution also determined that the novel coronavirus almost certainly was not engineered as a bioweapon because it has several naturally occurring features seen in many other coronaviruses, but it has one distinct feature not occurring in any other coronaviruses, and those are the spike proteins surrounding it. So I'm confused about why it having naturally occurring features, why that would mean that it's not a bioweapon. Also a good point. I just... think that it's not a bioweapon because it doesn't kill that many people i i think that they wanted it to be a bioweapon and then when it wasn't that they had to make this huge deal out of it and they had to give everybody the vaccine and the vaccine is the true bioweapon but that's just my conspiracy theory and we'll see if it comes true in like six months like all my other conspiracy theories have (laughs) but even scientists favoring a natural origin have said that without definitive evidence of animal to human transmission it is not possible to rule out the possibility that a laboratory accident led to the outbreak. And I, I'm willing to admit that either one of these things is possible. 
And maybe they picked Wuhan because for whatever reason, the environment there causes coronaviruses to evolve in unique ways. But the fact that this, you know, there is a coronavirus research lab there, and this is what, where the outbreak happened. Three of the employees went to the hospital in November of 2019 with flu-like symptoms. To me, it seems far more likely that this orig- originated in a lab. Um, do we even know if they get, if it, it's, sorry, if animals can get COVID-19 right now? Because there's always such misinformation. I remember at the beginning, I was like, I can't take coconuts to Walmart anymore because he could get COVID-19. And then like, there was reports that said dogs can get it and then that they can't. And even just like two months ago, Ian was reading me this article from an Australian, uh, like prime minister or whatever they have saying people should not be, uh, like, laying in bed with their animals, and the quote said, you cannot cuddle them. Jesus. It was so funny. But it's also just like, well, do we know that they can get it or not? Like, do we know that they can transmit it or not? Like, if they can't, then that rules us out. I heard that cats can. but I, I, I heard that dogs can get it, but they, it doesn't, you know, they don't have any symptoms, and cats can get it and do develop symptoms. That's so, what I've heard. But so, neither of my cats got it, as far as I can tell. I tested positive for COVID, and then right around that time, my sister, I was staying with my sister, and her cats got sick. Wow. And she blamed it on me. I don't wow. know if they <laughs> I don't know if they had COVID symptoms, but they were, like, sneezing. I haven't heard any stories like, oh, these dogs died of coronavirus, these uh, cats are dying. Because you think that if that was going on, that people would be making a big deal out of it. Like, my dog died of coronavirus. I'd be making a big deal out of it, but... That's a really good point. I, I, I would be anything. making a big deal out of it. The animal that carried... Many questions remain unanswered. The animal that carried this virus before it infected people has not been identified a process that has taken years in previous disease outbreak investigations. How could they How could they even possibly identify what animal this could have originated in? That seems like a red herring. Nor, yeah. nor have the lab leak advocates found any direct evidence that SARS-CoV-2 was inside a laboratory in Wuhan before the pandemic. Well, that's because the lab, although the lab has not released its records, well, that would be why they haven't provided any direct evidence because the lab isn't releasing their records. And there may be a reason why they're not doing that. It has been sought by scientists and governments around the world, but the Wuhan Research Facility is not releasing its records. A delegation of investigators from the World Health Organization made a brief visit to the laboratory in February and later declared that there were multiple possible origins which with a natu- with a natural zoonosis most likely and a lab leak extremely unlikely but i don't i don't trust the world health organization i wish yeah. they would get a private group of individuals to look into this people who actually care and want to find out the truth rather than people who are paid to you know spew a government narrative but the world health organization director general tedros gabriesis undercut that conclusion saying it would be premature to rule out the lab leak theory so We're never going to know, I don't think, what originated COVID-19, but I'm sick of talking about it, and I've been sick of talking about it for 18 months. So when we get back, we're going to talk about OnlyFans and how they have reversed their decision. OnlyFans may continue to exist now. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Brute Force. 
Intransigent defiance, adamantine will, these are the hallmarks of the AI tank. These gigantic machines have the firepower of an army, but they also have their own sense of honor and duty. When the world breakers arrive, battle will be joined, planets will shake, and war and peace will never be the same again. World Breakers, stories from David Weber, Larry Correa, and more. Available August 3rd from BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us, 603-283-6160. That's the call online if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight is Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And it's time to talk about OnlyFans. We talked about them last night and about you know how, what a stupid decision this is and how the CEO is blaming payment processors and banks Rightfully blaming p- payment processors and banks because they don't want to serve pornography because of reputation or whatever. And how, you know, realistically, OnlyFans could very easily get away from all of this nonsense by eliminating the third party from the, from the situation entirely. Just only using crypto? Yes, just use cryptocurrency. That's what Pornhub did and it worked for them. And they're still in business and still growing strong. And I believe they're still the, largest porn ch- site on the planet i don't know i actually don't use Pornhub. why do they only take crypto or i i do not know like um, i said i don't use them but i do I, know they still take it and it's a valid way of getting around this issue that you have with banks yeah i think they stopped taking credit cards or something yeah their credit card processor got rid of them because they were taking that they were distributing pornography and Which they were like kind of we don't want to have anything to do point. with that yeah right it's called Porn Hub, but <laughs> I mean that's what happens when you have these evangelical right wing Christians that are put uh, putting out their pressure to get to basically shut down porn on the internet because they're not happy about it. There's there's one company, there's one state, I don't remember exactly which one, but they passed a law that is basically unenforceable, saying that every every digital device sold in their state, Utah, Utah, had to have a a pornography filter on it that then had to be removed. So by default, your device cannot access pornography, but Utah can't enforce it because the devices aren't being manufactured in Utah. Yeah. So it was empty virtue signaling, but... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Just to make Mormons think like, yeah, I voted for the right man. Yeah, more or less. So Pornhub, not Pornhub, OnlyFans is staying, evidently. Yes, so my article is not loading anymore, but... Apparently, the banks that they were using have changed their decision. Oh, on, really? So now they're still using the banks, but they have authorized them to still show sexually explicit content. Which so was, the banks gave them permission, unfortunately. And I mean, I guess that's good, right? That the banks gave them permission, but it would be better if they just eliminated banks from the equation entirely. And the reason why they pushed for this only fans i mean they pushed for this because of all the backlash from their fans well, from the content creators and from the people who are literally paying for only fans so it makes sense that i mean that's like the whole point of only fans 
Yeah, so they dropped plans to ban pornography from its service less than a week after the UK content creator subscription site had announced the change, citing the need to comply with the policies of banking partners. On Wednesday, the company said it, quote, secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community, suggesting that it has new agreements with banks to pay OnlyFans content creators, including those who share sexually explicit material, instead of doing the obvious thing and eliminating banks from the equation entirely, they simply got the bank's permission. Thank you to everyone for making your voices heard. We have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October the 1st policy chains. OnlyFans stands for inclusion, and we will continue to provide a home for creators. Um, when this news first broke that they were possibly going to stop allowing nudity, Nikki posted in the group chat like this uh, screenshot somebody posted on Instagram that had the company policy. And I just thought this was really weird. I wanted to share it. Sure. It says, content creators cannot show or promote or advertise incest, bestiality, violence, rape, lack of consent, hypnosis intoxication, sexual assault, torture, sadomasochist abuse, or hardcore bondage, extreme fisting, or general de- genital mutilation. Does I just want to know, what the heck does hypnosis have to do with that? And also, w- what I noticed at that time was extreme fisting. Yeah, just so a little fisting. <laughs> so regular fisting is fine, but just not extreme fisting. How, what, what makes it extreme? Like, Let's drop that entirely. So, but, um... <laughs> What well, your your question was about hypnosis? Well, yeah. it's sort of the same thing as sex without consent. You hypnotize someone and then have sex with them. Well, you hypnotize them and got them to consent. Obviously, hypnosis to that degree is fake. Yeah, but that's the whole point: is acted out, and oh. you know they they don't want to allow it. Okay, so, I just thought that was such a crazy little one piece. I wanted to well, ask what the heck that meant. Hypnosis porn, I mean, that's basically what it is. It's you hypnotize someone and then have sex with them. Obviously, again, it's all acted out, but. The implication is there that the person doesn't isn't fully in control of themselves and doesn't know what they're doing, which, you know, is kind of messed up. And I understand why they wouldn't want that on their platform. Okay, yeah. So the girl that posted that was posting that to say, no, guys, don't worry, because she obviously does OnlyFans. So she posted that on her Instagram to be like, don't worry, I'm still going to be posting nudes. I'm still going to be posting sexual content on my OnlyFans. These are just the things that we're not allowed to do. I'm kind of surprised that they, they banned BDSM. It said like extreme. Oh wait, was it all BDSM or just extreme? I don't recall. It said, "Oh man, I lost it." Of course, it just disappears off my where I was. So yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Oh yeah, I do it now. It says hardcore bondage. Hmm. Okay. But that's pretty weird. I don't know. An OnlyFans spokesperson declined to say which bank or banks it has new or renewed payment processing agreements with. The proposed October the 1st, 2021 changes are no longer required due to banking partners' assurances that OnlyFans can support all genres of creators. So was this all much ado about nothing? No. I mean, it was because they didn't learn the lesson that they needed to learn, which was that all they have to do is eliminate banks from the equation using cryptocurrency. OnlyFans may have been able to resolve its conflict with banks, some of which had refused to do business with the site by going public with the issue and publicizing the large amount of money that flows through the site to the order of $300 million in payouts per month. Holy crap. 
$300 million to content creators every single month. That, that is a lot of people buying porn. I know some girls that are making $3,000 a week on OnlyFans. And mm. they're just like random girls I went to high school with. Good for them. OnlyFans founder and CEO Tim Stokely put the blame for the porn ban on banks in an interview with Financial Times. Uh, saying that banks including J.P. Morgan, Chase, Bank of New York, Mellon, and UK's Metro Bank had cut off OnlyFans' ability to pay creators. That caused furious, this whole thing caused furious backlash among OnlyFans creators, also certainly pushed the company to quickly resolve the problem. Their decision to ban porn had infuriated sex workers who had relied on the site to support themselves. In frustration, adult creators had already deleted their OnlyFans pages and moved to alternate platforms. Well, good for them, but I imagine they'll be back at OnlyFans at this point. Founded in 2016, the site claims to have more than 130 million registered users and over 2 million creators. With OnlyFans, while only grand, only yeah, while OnlyFans grew to popularity largely based on its porn-friendly policy, the company has been looking to reach wider audiences. Well, what? What else what else could be sold on OnlyFans except <laughs> pornography? I just think that that's such a silly idea. I think it's funny when people like Adam versus the man have an OnlyFans and it's not sexual just because it's funny. But the idea of taking it seriously and being like posted this uh, selfie on my uh, Instagram and my OnlyFans. And it's yeah, just, nobody's like, going to pay for that. That's so weird. Yeah, nobody's going to pay for that. And it's also just like, why would you pay for fun. it on OnlyFans when you can get it for free on Instagram? So, and that's the thing, too. Most of the girls that I know that do OnlyFans, their content on Instagram is very explicit. That's what I was just thinking when you pointed out, like, it was weird that they uh, didn't have BDS or didn't want BDSM on their site. You can literally find hardcore BDSM, like, tied up pic- pictures of people on Instagram, which is usually, like, it'll... Take well, down a female nipple in a second. Well, right. they're, they're different companies, so different policies. Yeah. But generally, Instagram and Facebook are more strict, I would think. Yeah, that's what I think, too. So they've been able to attract some celebrities to their platform, but it, it doesn't matter what, who the celebrities are. Good for OnlyFans for making the right decision, but in the wrong way. It would have been better just to start accepting cryptocurrency and to pay out content creators in cryptocurrency. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us at 603-283-6160 if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And coming up here in, well, not here because we're not in Manchester, but we're really close to Manchester. September the 4th at 3.33 p.m., you can join the Smiles and Hugs for Peace virtual event. But you don't need any internet or digital device to participate. The virtuality consists of the fact that Star Child will not be physically present, but will manifest for you to the extent that your magical thinking allows you to conjure his presence. Who is Star Child and how do you virtually hug or kiss someone? Funny that you asked. <laughs> if you don't know who or what he is, don't view that as an impediment to whatever magic you may experience. So... Starchild is whatever you imagine him to be at September the 4th at 3.33 p.m. To participate, at approximately 3.33 p.m., you may hear the ringing of a bell 
or bells or other unusual sounds. Pause whatever you're doing, look around you, and start smiling. If you see someone else smiling, give that person a hug. If you see someone smiling and coming towards you, step up and give them a hug. As you hug, hold this intention in your mind. A world based on love, cooperation, not coercion, is possible. Both smiling and hugs are healthy and good for you. Containing no carcinogens, trans fats, or high fructose corn syrup. (laughs) And hopefully... No artificial ingredients. So that's September the 4th at 3.33 p.m. Smiles and hugs for peace. I, I love the concept. I love Gotta it too. It. It's cute. It is. Do you know what else is September the 4th? Beyonce's uh, birthday. Yeah, I, I did not know that. <laughs> and I'm a little upset, Bonnie, that now part of my brain is permanently reserved to know Beyonce's birthday. <laughs> Why is mine? I didn't look that up. I just have always known that. It doesn't surprise me that you know that. <laughs> so we were talking earlier about how screwed up the FBI is, how they're, uh, they have this program called Atlas that is discriminating against immigrants. And they have this other thing that we, we dropped that article quickly because it was so badly written. I couldn't make any sense of what they were trying to say, but it's not good and it exposed private information hmm. at the very least. Well, they also bankrolled the publisher of occult neo-Nazi books. Court documents claim that a confidential informant who helped bring down Atomwaffen Division is also a publisher of white supremacist literature. What's Atomwaffen Division? I don't know. Like and a the, Nazi thing? I don't know, and I can't just <laughs> Google it. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has paid a man involving it, involved in a publishing house specializing in occult neo-Nazi books. More than $100,000 since 2003. So the FBI has given a publishing company more than $100,000, and the publishing company specializes in occult neo-Nazi books. Now, these are the ones who think that, like, I don't know what an occult neo-Nazi is. Are they the ones who think that Hitler was trying to summon Satan, or... I thought that they were just basically, like, white supremacists. I thought they were too. That's a neo-Nazi, right? Yeah. But an occult neo-Nazi yeah. is thrown in there with it, like I don't belief know. I in magic, it and would be the same thing. I they just know. believe in her hermetic teachings. They're also neo-Nazis. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's different levels of the occult, right? I wouldn't call all of them, you know, just hermetic teachings. I mean, some of them are pretty, uh, pretty arcane and pretty messed up, like a Lester yeah. Crowley's version of Satanism. I wouldn't call that hermetic teachings at mm. all. The publishing house is Martinet Press, fine purveyors, fine purveyors of Adam Waffen Division. Oh, good. They're going to tell us a little bit about what this is. Approved books such as Iron Gates and Liber 333. The former is a book about a satanic cult roaming a post-apocalyptic America, which opens with a ch- scene of a child being murdered. The apparent informant is Joshua Caleb Sutter, a man with long-standing ties to white supremacist organizations. Sutter's father... See, this is why journalists bad, need, yeah, grammar. Journalism shouldn't even exist as an institution. You you either can create a sensible paragraph or you can't, and there's no way to teach someone to do that. They go from describing these books to describing the informant in the same paragraph. Yeah, I thought it was part of the book you were saying. I thought it was too until I realized it wasn't. They didn't even put a space between the ends of these two sentences. And oh my the, god. Absolutely insane. So now we're talking about the informant and not the books. I assumed the books were about an informant based on how they wrote this nonsense. Is the fact that it's called Liber 333 and apparently it's a a cult neo-Nazi book, it's making me start to think Star Child is a a cult neo-Nazi. Star Child is definitely not an occult (laughs) neo-Nazi. 
Don't manifest Star Child in that way. <laughs> the court documents implicating Sutter are from the federal government's case against Caleb Cole, whom prosecutors say was a leader of the neo-Nazi terror group Adam Waffen Division. Obtained by investigative journalist Ali Winston, the documents are a motion to suppress evidence related to a search warrant used to search Cole's house. The documents don't use Sutter's name, but the description of the FBI's confidential inform informant leaves little doubt that it's him. The And it, that's pretty much it for this article. The FBI was paying someone basically to publish neo-Nazi books, and that's stupid. And I want to be clear, I don't object to the existence of a neo-Nazi publisher. If that's what they're interested in and that's what they want to do, fine. But your tax dollars went to pay for that. And did it... I I didn't understand any part of the article if, if they did explain this, uh, where they said why. Like, what business does the well, FBI the, have giving them money? Evidently, the publisher was an informant, as far as oh, I can tell. okay, so, so he me, was getting paid for something else anyway. Yes. So you can't control what every government worker spends their own money on. No, that's true. But it, the FBI, is, it's true. The FBI was not paying the publisher themselves to do this. The FBI was paying the owner of the publishing company in the capacity of an informant. And that person was using that money, which they wouldn't have otherwise had. Because I can't imagine there's very much demand for, neo for occult neo-Nazi literature, right? Now, having You would hope not. Having heard the subject exist, I've got to be honest, I'm kind of curious to go on Amazon. These won't be available on Amazon. What am I thinking? They might. They might. Maybe they I haven't been taken down yet. I sincerely doubt it. Well, one thing but I do have access to Amazon, so I'm going to look into that right now. One thing it does bring up, though, even if I don't think it's wrong that the, the government worker spends his money on what he spends it on, I, it does bring up, like, what they didn't find that during a background check when they wanted to use this guy for a... FBI agent. They put Nazis in jail for years for being, you know, Nazis. Well, they certainly put Christopher Cantwell in, yeah. in prison. I, I don't remember what I think. What I don't recall what his prison sentence was, but it was basically just for being mean on the internet. Yep. For doing what kids do to each other when they're playing Xbox. So I've looked now on Amazon for Liberty Three 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 at least, and it doesn't really. It does, well, obviously they don't have that book. I, I was correct, but. Related books that came up instead were The Book of Lies, Oversized Keep Silence Edition by Alester Crowley, who I'm not a fan of. Also, another copy of the book The Black Art of Vampirism, The Mark of Cain. Never heard of that. So basically a lot of a lot of weird Crowley inspired Satanism and then it And then a Reiki book thrown in there. That's like, that's like <laughs> energy healing. Yeah, it's it's all very weird. Uh, but you know, that's what I would expect from Amazon when I search for a book that's about satanic neo-Nazis or whatever. I, I would expect a garbage result. And wouldn't you know it? Garbage is exactly what we got, even though they didn't have the book. So, in other news, the cryptocurrency, uh, the infrastructure bill that the legislative branches just pushed through, I don't know if it's passed both houses or not, because I generally don't pay attention to anything the government does, because... They're pretty much obsolete in my day-to-day -day life, so I don't really care what they do. But they did sneak in something about cryptocurrency in the infrastructure bill. And, of course, crypto enthusiasts attempt to block it. They attempted to amend it in a way, but they had two conflicting amendments. And I think, ultimately, neither one of them were able to get pushed through, probably because they had two instead of just one. I don't know exactly what the details were, because, like I said... 
I don't pay a lot of attention to the government. But the new infrastructure bill's cryptocurrency measure risks pushing criminals further underground, evidently, say national security officials. Isn't that interesting that more regulation on cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency users is needed because regulation on cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency users will push them further underground away from regulation. It's almost like the more they regulate, the more underground cryptocurrency advocates and users have to go. Sounds like we need more regulations. Yes, chase chase them further so underground. They're straight up uh, admitting that they understand now that regulations do nothing but create a black market and push people underground. Also a good point. And we're going to get into this article and several others. Vaccine efficacy, efficacy diminished as Delta Rose, CDC reports, and U.S. troops, it's official, must get their COVID-19 vaccinations ASAP. There's more coming up here. And we're going to talk about cryptocurrency and why the U.S. government wants to regulate it, wants to control it so badly. But what are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It is. Live 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion with us tonight. That's 603-283-6160. And who is us? Well, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And Nikki, you recently attended a protest. Bonnie, you attended it as well. Yes. I think. Um I heard you initially went to the wrong place, but you ended up at the right place. I mean, t- tell okay. us about it. So This is what happened. So I'll tell you that little story of how we ended up at the wrong hospital. So I was typing it into my GPS as I was driving. And I just typed in. Yeah, keep going. I just typed in Dartmouth-Hitchcock Hospital. And it took me to the main campus, which I was assuming would be at Concord. But apparently the main campus is at Lebanon. So we went into Lebanon. And I'm not very familiar with New Hampshire. FYI, for anyone curious, there is a cat in the studio, and the cat just stepped on the studio on the keyboard and pressed buttons, as they are known to do. Yeah, <laughs> such a cat thing, right? So, so we ended up in Lebanon at the main Dartmouth Hitchcock campus, which was fine because we did find protesters there, and they were actually the couple that started the movement, the anti-vax um, mandate Dartmouth Dartmouth Hitchcock movement in New Hampshire. So there was a bigger protest in Concord. I guess there was about 60 people there. Uh, it, it was a really great turnout. And there was maybe maybe like six people where we were. Okay. So but not a huge turnout there, but I mean Not six a huge people. turnout, but they have been there every single day. Like they, they don't a, leave. It's 24-7. Yeah. And they, yeah, they don't leave. They have a military truck 
with signs on it. So there's all always signs up right across the street from the hospital. So I think that's really awesome just to give the opposition a voice. And their, their protest is just that, hey, we shouldn't be forced to get the vaccine. Yeah, they're not anti-vax. So, so me and Bonnie went there. We met these people. And as I was looking for show prep today, I stumbled upon a few articles about the Lebanon protest. So I thought it'd be awesome nice. to bring up. Yeah. So, so it's good when, you know, media outlets cover the other side of things and protest in general. Yeah, I thought it was really awesome. And this one's really well written. So Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center is situated along the town line between Lebanon and Hanover, two communities with among the highest vaccination rates in New Hampshire, a state with one of the highest vaccination rates in the nation that sits snugly in the country's most vaccinated region. It wasn't the cat. It was me typing that did that. (laughs) Blaming (laughs) it on the cat. Yep. (laughs) Bugs to be fixed. Tried a new thing and it's working well, but there are bugs I need to address. So the area would seem unlikely, an unlikely location for a COVID-19 vaccination protest. Why? It's New Hampshire. Live free or die. I don't know why anybody's surprised. Yeah. Okay. When I told my bosses that we went to the wrong location, but we ended up finding a protest and he he was like, that's such a New Hampshire thing. (laughs) You drove to a completely different place like an hour away and you still found a protest. That's awesome, though. Yeah. It reminds me of, I mean, that is a New Hampshire thing. Uh, when I ran for sheriff, someone on Reddit said something like, no, this, this is not at all like New Hampshire. New Hampshire is not like this. And then someone on Reddit said, yeah, but this is Keene, and Keene is absolutely like this. And it was just one of my favorite comments ever. <laughs> That's awesome. So last Saturday was the first day passing motorists would see the hand-painted play card reading, suedhmc.com, no forced facts propped up against a military-style truck. So they're no longer protesting? You said that no, was the they last are, day? That uh, last Saturday was the first day oh, okay. that they had got the hand-painted sign a reading, suedhmc.com, no forced faxed. Propped up against the military-style truck and horned with American flags parked at the inter- intersection of Leahy Drive and Route 120 across the street from the entrance this, at the DHMC campus. This just makes me think even more that they copied my free keen blog post about it because mine when came first. This? Let's see when this was written. This, and I put military style truck and I was like, that can't be how you're supposed to describe this truck, whatever. This was published on the 16th. When it's just was, a truck with camo. When was your article published, Bonnie? This was the 16th. I don't know. Hold on. Well, yeah, it's going to we'll, take a minute to we'll, pull that we'll up. We'll find out later. But uh, so, well, I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily against you know yeah, cool. plagiarism. Okay, I'm wrong. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, did you copy them? No, I swear I didn't copy them. But I don't know how else you'd describe it. It's not like a tank because I almost put tank. It's just like a truck with camo. Yeah, it's just a military style vehicle. So this vehicle belongs to Alexandria, New Hampshire resident. David, I really want to say his last name, but I know I'm going to butcher it, and he's a very nice man, and I don't want to insult him like that, but David and his wife, Nicole, who is a licensed nursing assistant at DHMC. The truck remained parked on the corner throughout last week to protest Dartmouth-Hitchcock Health System's requirement that its 13,000 employees be vaccinated against COVID-19 Jesus by September Christ, 30th. Jesus that's a lot of employees. And 80% of them have already been vaxxed. And they try to say that in this article. Sorry, I like looked at it. That's and cool. my thought about that was just like, okay, like, so the 20% need to be forced because the 80% want it. Well, and the big issue is, so where I work, 75% of our hospital is vaccinated. 
And so that seems like the majority. But if that 25% is outright refusing to get the vaccine, we are already so short-staffed. They cannot afford to lose 25% of their staff. And that's just not safe for the patients. That's the argument I've been making with people lately because the the employers all, all across the board are going to require, you know, vaccine vaccines relatively soon. However, they they don't have the staff to fire you, dude. If the Chipotle in Keene, it had to cut its hours because there aren't enough people willing to work there. And this has been like over a year. They're only open for lunch or something because they cannot staff the location. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. So if you work in food service, uh, my other job is in food service and it's absurd. They their hours have been up and down for the last year or so. You know, just randomly closing at 10 p.m. Yeah. because people are exhausted, or hmm. randomly opening late because there's just no staff. And this is everywhere. Their like entire like uh, fast food restaurants have just closed down because they don't have the staff, and they need to bring their staff to like a different location to kind of make up the difference. So it for them to, to fire asking, everybody is yeah. ridiculous, especially during the the surge of the. Delta variant, right? And all yeah. the ICUs being full. And we don't have the staff for this. So they're going to fire the rest of your staff? Is that That's your plan here? Because that's a stupid plan. It's just going to... I think that them firing all the unvaccinated people is going to result in people who are vaccinated quitting because I would, I would just be like, at this point, I'd rather have a job that's, you know, I'm not, you know... Well, that's what they're trying overworked. to do. They're, they're trying to... Make it where all employers are doing this, so you can't get a job that requires yeah. you to have a vaccine. Exactly, that, and that, that doesn't require it. They're True. trying to do that across the board in healthcare in Maine. You can lose your nursing license if you Holy are unvaccinated crap. starting in like October, I think. In That's pretty insane. much in, I heard. So my friend is a nurse in Maine, and she was like, "Oh, I better move to New Hampshire." And I was like, "Well." Most of the hospitals in New Hampshire are mandating it. And yeah, we are fighting it, but who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you know? David, the organizer of this protest uh, that Nikki's reading the article about, told us that uh, Dartmouth-Hitchcock is the biggest employer outside of the state, like the government, in uh, New Hampshire. I believe yeah. it. 13,000 employees is quite a lot. Yeah. So David goes on to say, we're not anti-vaccine. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm not necessarily anti-vaccine either. I've just seen no reason, no motivation for me to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I've had COVID. I survived. I was just fine. I don't really, I'm not scared of getting it again because I've already gotten it and I lived through it just fine. Yeah, and me when you, too. When you think about it, most of the vaccines that were given have been tested and they have been out on the market for like 20, 30 plus years where this vaccine has only been out on the market for less than a year and it was tested for like three months. Yeah, I, okay, so I follow this YouTuber that I really like, like he's so funny, and he posted uh, the news of the FDA approving the vaccine and he said, okay, now losers, okay, losers, now employers can fire you for not getting it. And I messaged him and said, bullying the, bullying people into getting an experimental drug is not a good look. And he said, it's not experimental. Sorry, we can get into it. Yeah, absolutely. And we should get into it because it is experimental and it is bullying and there's so many things wrong with it. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up about this protest in Lebanon. It's Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160 if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And we're talking about uh, this protest in Lebanon, but before we get further back into it, I want to tell you about our latest video streaming service that we're using. It's Odyssey. You can find it at video.freetalklive.com. And you may be wondering, why does Free Talk Live constantly just go from one platform to the next? Well, it's because we're saying things that the establishment doesn't like. And because of that, we keep getting shut down. Twitch has not yet really done anything to us. Neither has DLive, but YouTube, the access, the sort of Damocles is over our heads there, and it's going to fall. That's inevitable. So we started years ago uploading our videos to library where they cannot be removed. And now library has a streaming service that you can find at video.freetalklive.com. That will take you directly to our channel. And you should move all of your YouTube videos there as well because it's, it's inevitable. YouTube is killing themselves much like Facebook and all of these other big tech platforms that are just getting out of control with their censorship. And you can get around all of that by checking out Odyssey. Video.freetalklive.com is the easiest way to get to it. Video dot freetalklive.com now this nurse protest that just happened i i'm appalled that let's look at this realistically the world health organization says that when 70 percent of the world is vaccinated they will declare that the pandemic is over now that's an impossibly high goal when you have comp- countries in south africa that have like a 0.2 percent vaccination rate in afghanistan which has a 0.6 percent vaccination rate I meant to say it's impossibly high. You're never going to get 70% of the entire world vaccinated against COVID-19. And even if you do, well, now there's a third shot that you need to be truly immune or vaccinated to COVID-19. And soon there will be a fourth shot and a fifth shot. So you're never going to be able to get everyone in the world inoculated against COVID-19 at the same time. It's stupid to even imagine that possibility, but at 70%, they will say the pandemic is over. You're talking about hospitals with 75, 80% of its employees being vaccinated. And that's not good enough. And it's not good enough. They need 100% compliance from these people that they just can't afford to fire. I'm also confused about the correlation between how many people are vaccinated and whether the pandemic's over. Yeah. Considering vaccinated people are testing positive for COVID and they're getting sick with COVID. They can so spread it. So how does that even, I just don't get how it correlates. Funny enough, the CDC's guidelines on this are basically that if you're fully vaccinated, which currently is two shots, but uh, three shots if your last one was more than six months ago or something like that. But if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to get tested for COVID-19. That's pretty much the extent, the, the full summary of what they say, even though it's well known now that a vaccinated person spreads COVID-19 just as much as a vaccinated, unvaccinated person. So the unvaccinated still have to get tested so that they can be blamed for having COVID-19 and for spreading it. But the vaccinated don't have to get tested. And part of that is also because if, if vaccinated people had to get tested, it would become very clear just how many vaccinated people were still getting COVID-19. But one thing that has to stop is all of these people on social media saying, I had COVID-19 and I recovered. So I'm so thankful for the vaccine when in all likelihood they would have recovered from COVID-19. Just there's 
usually nothing to recover from. Yeah. I had it. I didn't recover from COVID-19 because I was never freaking sick from it. I was tired and sore for about a day, but that could have easily have been the result of, you know, having just been arrested by the FBI and running yeah. around frantically trying to handle free talk live stuff and trying to work my 50 hour a week job somewhere else. So yeah. being tired and sore was kind of understandable anyway. And my doctor told me that natural immunity is better than the vaccine. So he wouldn't recommend that I get the vaccine because I had it and I got over it. I once saw a study that suggested, uh, I don't remember who said it um, or where the study originated and the, the mainstream media never really covered. It. I just found the one article that said, Natural immunity is both more effective and lasts longer than the COVID-19 yeah. vaccine, which, you know, makes perfect sense because you're, the human body has evolved to do this over several hundred thousand years where the vaccine is a very new thing that speaking they don't know a whole that, lot about. Speaking of that, the story I started to tell right at the end of the, um, the segment last, so this influencer on YouTube, actually, I mean, it was on Instagram. He's a YouTuber. He actually messaged me back when I called him out. I said, uh, bullying your followers into getting the vax is not a good look with like a throw up emoji. And he said, it's uh, into getting an experimental drug, uh, into taking an experimental drug is not a good look. And he said, it's not experimental. I love people who do their research. And I just... But I, that was the first time. It Why would you even interact with this guy? I mean, he's clearly, he's, he's clearly bought the, he, yeah, he he's, took dr it. he's drinking the Kool-Aid. He, he has to believe that it's not going to uh, adversely affect him because he took it and he has to believe that his decision was right. But well, anyways, he didn't reply anymore after that. But I thought that was the first time that I've heard someone say it's not experimental. I was like, but it's obviously experimental. How could it not be? Coronavirus we're, just came out. Like we're in the experimental phase. So I look yes, into dude, you his, are the experiment. Yeah, well, if he did do his research, he would be able to find that very easily. Well, even from the CDC. So this is what I uh, found out from this whole uh, experience. I was wondering why they claim that. I was like, how could they claim that? And why do they claim that? That must be something that is pushed. So I googled, is the coronavirus? Uh, vaccine experimental and it's all these fact checkers it's not experimental and they link to the CDC's papers about the uh, testing and it's just completely impossible to read uh, like paperwork they've set, set out saying yeah we did animal testing doesn't say for how long I couldn't find anywhere how long it said they did animal testing and it's just it doesn't not it absolutely does not prove that it's not experimental but it's just link it's a link so people just believe that and repeat sure. it it's yeah, not so experimental people just see the titles yep and they're like oh well yeah it must be true but they don't actually look into the data but if you just use your real brain coronavirus hasn't been around that long so if there was a medicine that came out well, after COVID 19 it, hasn't oh, been yeah. around but sorry yeah, yeah. COVID 19 this one has not been around that long so if a me medicine came out after it became a problem then it has not been out long enough for it to not be experimental like this just is use a, your brain this is a result of people not even knowing what experimental means right like everything constantly is always an experiment we're, we're experimenting experimenting with stuff tonight sure it it works relatively ish but it's still an experiment we're experimenting with the idea of pumping massive amounts of carcinogens into the atmosphere with automobiles we're experimenting with running an entire society on gasoline and u.s dollars these are all experiments. 
no the matter government how, is an yeah. experiment <laughs> so this everything having high fructose corn syrup in all of our food is an experiment these government lockdowns are experiments everything always is an experiment if someone anyone at any point is trying to learn from it so the covid-19 vaccines are absolutely still experimental they are still experiments that are being conducted because no one knows for sure what the results will be we have to do it and then find out but i'm of the opinion that if someone wants to get the vaccine they should be allowed to but forcing them to is absolutely horrific you you can't force someone to inject something into them i i'm i'm ashamed i have to say that 603-283-6160 you can join us it's free talk live Breaking weather news. Belize is sunny and around 82 degrees every day this week. What's the forecast for your life? If current politics and economic prospects are cramping your freedom, escape to the tropics. UCI Development has affordable second homes for you to own or rent in Belize and other tropical countries. Places with stable governments and growing economies. Secure your freedom now. To find out more, send an email to ftl at ecidevelopment.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160 if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to Joshua, who is tonight's amplifier. That means he's a member of the AMP program. You can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it's money that is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote. Free Talk Live. So if you value the ideas of liberty reaching larger audiences, you may consider joining the AMP program like Joshua has done. It only takes five bucks per month that gets you in. And it comes with a number of cool little perks. But really, the reason you should join is because you value Free Talk Live and you want us to reach a larger audience. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. We've been talking about the, the nurse protests in Lebanon and just the absurdity of requiring healthcare workers or any workers in a time when everyone is looking for workers to get a vaccine that they don't want. And there will always be some sort of place one can go in order to have a job that won't require a vaccine. You know, there's there's underground work and things like that that are unlikely to require you vaccines. People getting paid under table. That's ultimately what this is going to create more of is people being paid cash under the table. Yeah. I don't see how it could do anything else. Well, it's getting to the point where you can't even get medical treatment. It's going to get to that point where people can't even get medical treatment without being vaccinated. And I actually just saw something. And where... plenty of people are for that. The people who are for yeah. that are also the same healthcare as a human right people. Oh, that's so yeah, true. right? We have to have socialized healthcare. So you're but... talking about denying people human rights on the basis of whether or not they want to be jabbed with this vaccine. Yeah, I mean, you know people will do that because Ian and I were denied access to an emergency room because there was no mask mandate, but we wouldn't wear a mask. I mean, there was for this hospital. In, in the hospital, that's their policy. Everyone had to wear a mask. But Ian was like, I have a medical exemption. He has a card with it written on it. And I just said, I won't wear a mask. I know it gave me strep throat at the beginning of 2020 and they kicked us out of the emergency room out of the emergency room and there's only one in Keene. there's only one emergency room in Keene. 
So they will literally deny you health care. So yeah, they will over a mask. So they'll definitely do it over the vaccine. They, they literally want people that are non-compliant and that aren't buying into the mainstream narrative to, to die. die. They literally want them to die. And it's terrible. And it's everything that they claim to be against. But if it's just to save one life, yeah, then we hypocrites. should lock down. They are hypocrites. To save one life, we must let 20% of the population or 40% of the population die because they're denied health care because they didn't get a vaccine that we yeah. wanted them to get. Absolutely horrific. The level of division here, this whole thing has been about, you know, a year ago, I wrote an article called Mass Dehumanization Disguised as Pity, because that's what we've seen here. Yeah. It, and I, I can't remember all of the de- details of it now, but this, dehumani- this dehumanizing crap, it's been going on for the last 18 months, and it's only getting worse. It started with the masks, then it started with the, so, then it got worse with the social distancing and the places being locked down and essential workers. And, you know, the, now the essential workers, which would be more accurately characterized as disposable workers in most cases, the, the heroes of the pandemic are being told, get this vaccine to keep the middle class and the upper class safe or you're fired. Yeah, but we were we were good enough last year. To work in the COVID units. And now all of a sudden, we're dangerous if we don't get this vaccine. It it makes absolutely no sense. You want to know who's dangerous? Everyone who put themselves into quarantine at the start of this crap and who sat at home ordering DoorDash and Domino's and whatever other delivery services there are to deliver their groceries to them. Those are the dangerous ones. The ones who wanted the little people, the poor people out there working, putting their lives at risk, presumably, to uh, getting COVID-19. To bring them their stuff, if you ordered even one thing while staying at home during COVID-19, your opinion on what you can do to help other people is null and void because you are, by definition, one of the most selfish human beings on the planet. Yeah, and it's actually really ironic because in the beginning of the pandemic, quote in quotes, I was working at a nursing home, working with COVID positive patients, and I was working 16 hour shifts, five days a week because we were so understaffed because everybody was quitting. And I stayed there and I worked with known COVID positive patients, not knowing anything about this virus. It was this scary unknown virus. And now people have the audacity to tell me that I'm selfish because I won't get this experimental vaccine and because i won't wear a mask you know give me a break i'm with you i did this crap last year i put on the mask i worked in the kitchen it got 100 degrees in that kitchen during the summertime it was miserable and we had to feed the demand of all of these ravenous bastards who wanted to sit at their house ordering food and getting it brought to them because they didn't want to put their lives at risk and then they want to come back out and they want to tell me no wearing the mask isn't enough you have to get the vaccine it's absolutely, uh-uh, screw you people. Yep, I went out and I was like one of the only cars I could see at in my vi- line of vision at all delivering food in San Antonio where normally it's like 100 cars in your vi- line of vision where I was. I remember like I parked in front of the Majestic Theater and that's like impossible like on a normal day. It's yeah, like- it's, it's certainly bizarre to watch all of this play out. I mean, Burger King, McDonald's, all of these restaurants, they, they just constantly have their drive through lines being pulled. I have a friend who works at a McDonald's and they're just constantly getting slammed. They, they don't get a, a dinner rush and then, you know, it dies off. No, they just sort of stay busy all night long. And that's the issue here in Keene as well with the restaurants because after dinner rush, the college kids, they go out and they drink and then they're hungry at, again after they leave the bar. So Keene has this weird, way of just constantly staying busy as well 
that's just being exacerbated by this and the fact that all of these other restaurants are closing at like eight or nine o'clock at night yeah. because they don't have the staff to stay open later than that. And that now you want to tell these people as you, as you're, you know, the person is stocking your groceries or whatever, keeping you fed, who kept you alive during the pandemic and is still keeping you alive. You want to tell that person that they're the selfish ones? Are you kidding? Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So to continue with this article from the protest in Lebanon, um, David says that he's not anti-vaccine, but that him, his family members, and some of the members of the employees at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Hospital are anti-vaccine mandate. He noted that as many as 50 people have joined him on the corner at times. He said they're... That's a reasonable position to be in as well, because I'm not necessarily against masks. I'm against mask mandates. Yeah, I'm against other people trying to force me to do something that I'm not comfortable with. I'm against murder, but I'm also against mandates that, you know, prohibit murder because the government has never made anything better by outlawing it. Absolutely. So he also says that there had to be a voice for workers who fear losing their jobs and also feel uncertain about getting the shots. As he spoke, some passing cars honked, seemingly in support of his cause. And while me and Bonnie were there, there were so many people. There were a couple people who were flipping us the bird. And, you know, there was one lady who... Nurses who would keep them alive if they were hospitalized. They're yeah. flipping them the bird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in one nurse, she appeared to be a nurse. She was pulling out of the hospital parking lot and she screamed like, please get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. But for the most part, there were probably only like a handful of people that were rude. And most of the people were in support. They were honking. They were giving us thumbs up. Like... Most people seem to have agreed with us. Yeah, I wish I was recording when Nicole told me this. Uh, It's the nurse that was there, David's wife. Um, She said that there was a car that went by with like some parents and teenagers in it. And they were like flipping them in the bird. Later that night, the teenagers came back by themselves in their own car and were asking questions. They're like, our parents want us to get the vaccine and our parents believe in the vaccine. Why don't you guys uh, believe in it? And they want, they had never heard these things. They were like, wow. So wow. now I'm they like, had never heard the opposition. Yep. They had never and this heard is the opposition. why this is so important. And this is why programs like free talk live are so important to be airing on the radio and broadcasting out there because it is so important for people to hear a different opinion and to hear alternate research. Yeah, because Instead the of mainstream just, media is just going, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Yeah. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And, and if you Google like something like, is the vaccine experimental, and you just don't really know a lot about that type of thing, it, you know, Facts Checker will pop up and it'll say, it's not experimental. And by the way, guys, listeners, if you want to watch the video of me and Nikki going to this uh, protest, it's on Odyssey, on Free Keen. Freekeen's Odyssey. Video.freekeen.com is the link to that. That's video.freekeen.com. 603-283-6160. That's the number if you want to join us. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talking about this protest in Lebanon that, Nikki, you actually attended and the relatively positive press that is coming out of it. I mean, people are acknowledging that it happened and in the world that we're in that sadly it constitutes positive press. I mean, just for them to mention the existence of the other side at all and to be fair and to actually 
quote the guy and not paint him as some sort of anti-vax monster because that's what happened a lot. Yeah. And I mean, especially with the mask thing, if you came out and said, if you did a no mask mandate protest or whatever, the media was just going to you know, tar and feather you as this yep. anti-mask person or whatever. They it's like, hate oh, grandma. Look. They want everybody to die. Yeah. But really, I just want people to be able to make choices about how they live their lives. And to me, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. I don't know if a person doesn't want to put, doesn't even want to inconvenience themselves to possibly save other people's lives. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it doesn't surprise me that people worshipping the state wouldn't agree with that. It does not surprise me at all. Of course not. What really surprises me is when people have literal notes from their doctors and they're still like, nope, 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 you can't come in here. It's just like, well, I thought you trusted the experts. Well, yeah. some people bought into the fear, right? And they created a no exception system. Yeah. And uh, they, they were allowed to do that, believe it or not. Despite the American Disabilities Act and all of these other things, they were allowed to say, look, I don't care about your health exemption. This is private property. Get out of my business. Yep. And um, the medical, the fast med, is that what it's called here? It's like quick med. It's not a, an emergency Like ready room. med? Yeah. Convenience MD? Yeah, convenience MD here. They also didn't let me and Ian go in, even though Ian had a, a medical card. And they said, sorry, it's it doesn't matter if you have an exemption. We have no ex we don't take any exemptions here. Yeah. And this, it, these are medical facilities that aren't taking medical exemptions. It's, it's And that's a private place. So it's not like I'm saying they should have to. But it's just sure. like you're you're not accepting that Ian's doctor said that he shouldn't wear a mask for medical reasons. Yeah. What? They're being unreasonable. And that's his own issue. Sure. They have every right to be as unreasonable as they want. It is their private property. But at the same time, hey, didn't you sort of take an oath to not do this sort of thing? To yeah, do it's no discrimination. Harm. They took an oath to do no harm. They could be doing harm by not seeing him when he had something, a weird like dot stuck in his eye for days. That was what we were there for. And th they won't see him because he won't wear a mask. Absolutely and, ridiculous. And that's the whole point is being able to provide health care for everyone in being non-discriminatory and it, everything's just flipped and now it's like if you don't wear a mask and you're not vaccinated then i guess you're just gonna die we're not gonna give you health care you have to do exactly as the state says or else you're unworthy and that's just totally the opposite of what this is supposed to be and for the people on the left who say well that's fine he shouldn't be allowed to go i want to remind you what di discrimination in health care looked like five years ago when you were railing against it because it was being used to let trans people die after automobile accidents yeah. in the streets because EMTs didn't want to work on trans people. Yeah. That's what discrimination among healthcare workers looks like. And now you're suddenly okay with it because it's people you don't like who are being discriminated against. No, it's still not okay. Absolutely. So this article continues free choice versus collective responsibility. David, who owned and operated a personal training and fitness business before the COVID-19 pandemic forced him to close, said he's concerned about the trickle-down effect of DH's vaccine mandate. Him and his wife... What is DH? Department of Health? Um, no, it's um, Dartmouth-Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Duh. They keep abbreviating it, yeah. So um, him and his wife, who his wife is pregnant, is one year away from becoming a registered nurse in hopes to continue working at Dartmouth-Hitchcock. Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical Center. The mandate, which he called anti-American and does directly affect his family, he said, should the Dartmouth Hitchcock mandate hold him... Okay, okay. oh, sorry, I read that wrong. So, should the Dartmouth Hitchcock Hospital mandate hold, 
he said. Okay. He's concerned that similar mandates will go into place at the state's nursing homes, urgent care facilities, and emergency medical services. Many have. Not to mention, you know, those same people, they worked through the COVID-19, the, the, so far the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic without vaccinations. Yeah. And now they want to force you to get one. I mean, you worked at a nursing home before we knew anything about COVID-19 and it was being painted as this monumentally scary thing. I was following this, this guy named Dr. Chen or something like that, who was a previous, who was a Chinese dissident. And he was posting videos of people just dropping dead in the streets of China being on fire. And I still don't know what the true origins of those videos is, but from what I was seeing, I was like, oh man, this is, this is actually bad. Yeah, yeah, I was really scared. That's like crazy that you didn't quit or anything. I, I feel like I would have been so I was, scared. I was terrified. And, you know, you have to have direct contact with these patients. And there were so many people that quit. And there were so many people who just weren't giving adequate care to these people. And I, I just, I still would take my time with my patients because it's like I care about people and that's why I'm doing this. So sure. that's, that's why, why I just, would become a nurse. Yeah, and that's why I get so like personally offended when people are like, you're selfish. I'm like, I'm selfish? When I was taking care of sick, elderly, dying people who I thought were going to kill me if I came in contact with this crazy virus? Yeah, it's like... You know, it's crazy. Dude, you're demanding that I inject something into my body for your benefit. Yeah. And you're calling me selfish? Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, all the other nurses right now who are being put in this position, they were in the same boat as me. And I really feel for them. And I just... Medical freedom is so important and it's forced vaccinations or especially this experimental gene therapy. We don't even know what it's going to do in the future. It's absolutely yeah. insane. They say, you know, this isn't experimental and the, the science has settled and all this other stuff. I was like, look, most of the stuff the FDA has approved, the real side effects of it don't really come out until three or four years afterward. Yeah. And we covered this last night. FD, a former FDA official, I believe, admitted that FDA approval doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean the drug is safe and effective like most people think it does. No, it just means the FDA was paid enough money by Pfizer because the, P- Pfizer does pay the FDA directly to approve their medications, as do all the other pharmaceutical companies. Big Pharma is evil, and they've been working with big government for a very long time to orchestrate their evil. Oh, and guess who was the head of getting the a Pfizer vaccine, FDA approved. The Woodcock lady? It's Anthony Fauci's wife. It, oh, Woodcock is his wife? That's his wife. I'm not so, surprised at all to hear this. I mean, the whole thing is just a bunch of money being slushed into Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Massive amounts of money because the, the vaccine may be free for you, but the U.S. government is buying those vaccines and then distributing them. So Pfizer is still getting paid. Pfizer has made more money as a result of this than they probably have at any point in their history. And now they're the now they're the first fully approved one, which guess what? Just means more money. They're not paying the FDA's costs here. No, they're paying the FDA as an investment. Yeah. People have been saying like now they think that Pfizer's gonna like petition the government to be like, we're the only FDA approved one. You have to make it only Pfizer now. Yeah. I think they'll. I think they'll just approve Moderna within the next week or two. Yeah. I, I have no idea why they did Pfizer first instead of both of them at the same time. But it doesn't mean anything to me. 
I, yeah, I've, I don't trust the FDA either. No, so I've it seen being, the list of drugs that have yeah. that they've allowed and then that had to be recalled. Like if the FDA did their jobs and kept unsafe medicine out of the streets, okay. Yeah, I, well, I was just saying how I don't eat like 80% of stuff at the grocery store. Yeah. It's FDA approved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't even take Tylenol because of the risk of liver damage. You think I'm going to take this mysterious experimental vaccine? Like, no, not going to happen. So in this article, um, an important thing to note is that they... The web address, suedhmc.com, redirects web browsers to the website of the Liberty Defense Coalition, which is organizing a, meter li- a meeting later in the month to discuss a lawsuit against the health system. The group bill bills itself a natural rights advocacy defense organization. And so I guess they're, I don't know, trying to, I don't know if they're trying to sue Dartmouth-Hitchcock. Uh, yeah, they, they must be, because that's what the... Um, the well, website to what title is, is Dartmouth Hitch- Hitchcock a governmental organization? Because I, I mean, they get state funding. Keene State College wanted to require vaccines they for their yeah. students, but because of the legislation in New Hampshire that prohibits government from requiring their employees or their, you know, th- th- it prevents the government from requiring vaccines here in the state of New Hampshire, Keene State College wasn't allowed to do that. Now, I'm curious to what extent Dartmouth Hitchcock is independent or private because Keene State College certainly yeah. did- didn't qualify. So maybe, maybe they have a valid reason to sue here. If they get proven that, if it gets proven that they can't mandate vaccines, it'll be really sad for all these nurses who were on the fence about taking it, but then felt pressured into taking it or losing their job. I know, I know so many people who that happened to. That's so sad. That is tragic. I mean, it's sad when they hold your entire life, the career that you built for yourself over your head and say, get this job or we're taking it all away from you. But that's what government is. It's always holding something over your head, and it will always take everything away from you if you don't obey. Stop obeying, though. Sometimes it's worth the risk. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. In the meantime, that's freetalklive.com. This message is for you if you are a polyamorous person or you're in an open relationship and you are struggling with jealousy, loneliness, and communication problems. Hello, my name is Jeremy West, and I am a polyamory coach with degrees in psychology and communications and five years of experience with polyamory. And for a limited time, I'm teaching a free online class just for polyamorous people or people in open relationships where you will discover a new, simpler, and unique way to uncover the secret that experienced poly people know about jealousy that you must know too, stop feeling lonely when your partner is out with another partner, and use the four key elements that will change the way you communicate forever. No more crying yourself to sleep when you're alone for a night, a weekend, or longer, and wondering if it's better to go back to a monogamous relationship. Sound good? Well then, go to jeremywest.net slash free class and register for my class now. Again, that's jeremywest.net slash free class, jeremywest.net slash free class.